The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Good day, and thank you for joining us. It's time for another edition of Business Sense Radio with your host, Edward King. And on today's program, Edward has a very special show. In fact, I think it'll surprise some of you. But let's go ahead and find out about that right now from Edward King. Edward? Thank you, Mark. That was good. I want to thank everybody in the audience today for joining us here on Business Sense Radio. Today we have two special guests. And as we do every week, we are focusing on the issues that matter. You know, please take a moment with us, sit, have a cup of coffee, and just relax. Now, all of us are concerned with what's happening these days. Inflation, confusing information in the news about COVID, election integrity, the war in Europe, violence in our streets and in our schools, crime, DAs who are undermining the law and letting criminals back onto the streets, CRT is taking over our children, gender confusion, teaching sex to kindergartners, the attack on women and families, even UFOs. Those are distractions being thrown at us. All this mess, and all at once, will it ever end? And this leads for one question to me, where is America going? And I do believe America is not becoming more American, and I think we all know that. But I think we have been asking the wrong question so often. We blame and we say, what's wrong with our country? But what I'd like to focus on is what we should be asking, and is where did we go wrong? Be specific. So I want to introduce today's guest, Lawrence Samuels. He's an author, journalist, speaker, intellectual. He's the author of In Defense of Chaos, published in April of 2013. Killing History, the False Left-Right Political Spectrum, published in 2019, just to name a few. My other guest is Mark Carbonero. He's a longtime radio personality, and he is my friend. So welcome to you both. Thanks. Thank you very much, Edward. It's good to have you both. So today, what we should do over a good cup of coffee is let's start off talking about inflation. So I'm going to just ask the ask you to what causes inflation, Lawrence? Well, basically, too few uh, paper dollars chase. I mean, too many paper dollars chasing yeah. too few products. Basically, it's supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, fake money versus uh, 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 products that we all need. Yeah. So, um, and, and they're doing it. Uh, this one report I saw is that uh, since 2011, we've uh, basically printed up $13 trillion. Yeah, printing money. $13 trillion. Dollars. Most of it basically out of thin air. Right. Uh, originally, what they were trying to do is if someone uh, built a car and they were to get records of it, and the car cost $30,000, they'd put $30,000 into the in you know into the, into the economy. Yeah. You know, print it, print mm-hmm. it up because there's now 30000 you know, car Exchange for a exchange, product for yeah, the money. Exchange for a product. Yeah. But now, there's just, you know, they just, <laughs> they just go crazy. Mm-hmm. So they're printing money, and you know, functionally, they're actually not printing paper money. No. It's all just digits, <laughs> right? Most of it, yes. Yeah. Now, obviously, this money comes from somewhere. I mean, I know it's just out of the ether. It's just being printed. But I do believe that it has a direct impact on another area called the national debt. Would you Would you agree with that? That's right. Uh, they... Um uh, well, generally, what they do is they sell T bills and give uh, the investors uh, uh, some um, um, interest for it. Yeah. So I, I haven't looked lately. Last time I looked, it was twenty trillion uh, for our debt. 
and you know that's that's on the American public. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know so at some point in time we we, we got to pay it back or or you know uh, you get distortions. Yeah. So the ease of printing the money, which in previous shows, um, if you've listened to me in the past, we talked about the date in which Richard Nixon decoupled the economy from the gold standard, mm-hmm. because prior to that, the government could only produce dollars if we had gold to back it up. And then we went and said, don't worry, the world, we're so good. Look at our history. You know, you can believe in the U.S. dollar. And that worked out pretty well until now there was a couple of blips, 2008 being one of them. Now, since then, in the last two years, if I remember correctly, we have printed as many dollars in the last two or three years as we did for the previous 30 or 40 years. Is that, is that a number that comes to mind? I thought it was back a little further than that. Yeah, it might, might go back further. Just, mm-hmm. you know, what you were saying about Nick, Nixon decoupling yeah. uh, the from a precious metal standard, gold mm-hmm. or silver, what you notice, what that's caused is the inflation that we have lived with from the 1970s through today. Because if you looked at the at the price of goods from, say, the 30s through the 60s, they were relatively stable. Yeah. And since that time, we've seen an inflation in the, in the monetary supply over a factor of 10, because what cost $2,500 in 1968 today cost over $25,000, and that's mm-hmm. due to inflation. Yeah. To, you know, so there's a re- very real uh, effect of what happened in, that, in his administration in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, but there's no denying that since COVID, the government has been spending crazy money. Oh, they've doubled down. Oh, I mean, the money out there is just incredible. In fact, I just got a call recently saying, you know, if you have a credit card, uh, we can pay you for um, if you have losses with your credit card. Okay. Uh, it was a master or a visa card or something like that, and said, "Yeah, government. There's a lot of gun money, government money out there to pay for your problems with your credit card." Mm-hmm. You now mean- it could have been just a scam or who who knows what, but um, you know, it, it's we we've seen it happen with rent. Yeah. A couple of our people went to the government, local government, and I think we got a check for eight thousand on one that hadn't been paying for a while, and and it's just the money is just just floating out there. So the government's very generous. Yeah, very, very generous. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, I think one of the things that people uh, misunderstand is that when we started, you know, pumping $13 trillion, $16 trillion into the COVID uh, situation, which was started in China, as everybody knows, I think the American taxpayer believed that the money came from taxes that we had already paid them, Mm. right? So, you know, everybody (laughs) is thinking, well, the money is sitting there in a savings account. And so they're going to, you know, choose to spend $16 trillion on COVID. But the reality is the government is playing the same game that they're selling to the consumers, which is buy now, pay later. Yeah, and really pay later. And and really pay later. And Edward, a lot of this is due to this new economic theory Mm -hmm. that people in government, particularly this administration, are enthralled with. And it's called MMT, Modern Monetary Theory. Yes. And what it says is that government... Governments create new money by using fiscal policy, and the primary risk, once the economy reaches full employment, is inflation, Mm -hmm. which we're seeing a lot of that now. But that can be addressed by gathering taxes. Now, gathering has become the euphemism.
euphemism for increasing taxes. So right. the, what we're what we're led to believe is this gathering of taxes. These tax dollars are just sitting there, and the government is just going to gather them in. But uh, this is just an excuse. MMT is an excuse to extract more wealth from the private sector. Yeah, you get to the point where there is no private wealth, and then you have now you can, in very dark European history. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Well, you know the the old saying about communism is communism works really well until you run out of other people's money. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've heard that before. But, you know, just to give a couple of facts, this is interesting. During World War II, and everybody knows that was at that time and still is one of the most expensive wars the Americans have ever fought. And we spent $4.7 trillion. Now, that's in today's dollars. That's not dollars from the 1940s. In contrast, and I've done a great deal of research on this, that they quit counting this, but... COVID had cost the U.S. government and the American economy $16 trillion, and that was a year ago. And then what happened, and everything I could dig up, is they're not keeping track of it anymore, They, or at least they're not talking about it. So I think that what we're talking about as a group is that as the government spends money on whatever it is that they're spending money, they're, they're building this money out of air. And in essence, it creates a situation where your dollar and my dollar buys less and is worth less. And that is the definition of inflation, is the the buying power of your dollar decreases. And they seem to make it nice and, you know, sound nice. Well, you know, yeah, we're suffering inflation right now, but it's only 8.6%. Now let's talk about that. 8.6% is a government number. And they're using CPI as a translator that says, well, it used to be this much and now it's this much and the difference is in the 8.6%. Now, when they talk those numbers, when they say 8.6%, let's start with what is it that they're comparing it to? Are they comparing it to a week before 8.6 or is it a year period? Do you know? Go ahead. I don't. I, I think right. a, year, a year's period, they're going from uh, point, point A to point B and it's yeah. a year. Yeah, I, I assume so, but that's not the problem. The problem is it's not 8.6. 8. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, Peter Schiff, uh, the economist, said uh, if you use the CPI basket of goods to, uh, from 20 years ago, we'd be at, at what, 18%? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, take a look at it. Every time they tell you something gone up, it's 40%. It's 20%. You rarely see uh, uh, a single digit. Right. So how can it be single digit? Right. Well, here's a perfect example. The Dollar Tree stores where up until last year everything in the dollar tree was a dollar mm-hmm. now everything they're selling is a buck 25 so that sounds like 8.6 20... percent to me <laughs> 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 it's pretty easy to figure out that rate of inflation yeah, yeah. so just for everybody's just awareness <clears throat> so i already talked about the 16 trillion dollars that um we can document that they have spent in the area of COVID response. But in addition to that, there's been trillions upon trillions of dollars spent on Build Back Better. And that is basically the great reset. And it's the process of desire they have to reinvent capitalism. So where is all this money coming from? I mean, it's got to be a payday somewhere down the road. We're going to have to pay for this. And based on the economic realities of where our economy is going, it doesn't seem like it's getting healthier, doesn't seem like it's getting better. And if you, as a business, when I borrow money in a business, 
what I do is I look at what's the return on my investment because, you know, I'm going to have a fixed cost called interest on top of the money I borrow. So if the money I borrow doesn't give me a better return than the interest I'm paying for it, then it's, then it's a bad decision. So if Build Back Better is intended to build better, it's been in play for a year. I don't see things better. Does am no, I wrong? No, no, build back better. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, that's uh, you know, that's when you get governmentalists getting involved in economics. Okay. Um, I mean, they don't know anything about free market economics. They know a lot about state capitalism. That's yeah. the term Lenin used. <laughs> of course, <laughs> when his economy fail, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Mussolini used that term too. So we're just following uh, kind of like uh, the Lenin and Mussolini kind yes. of economics. Uh, right. I mean. Um, I mean, they had you know price controls, uh, uh, all sorts of, 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 of nasty things. I mean, it's just uh, it was you know for the elite, uh, the mm-hmm. cartels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that with FDR and with the National Recovery Act, but it was ruled unconstitutional eventually. Thank God. Yeah. And one of the things, Edward, that is actually masking some of the very ill effects of the inflation and the devaluing of our dollars is the fact that the world still trades. You know, petrodollars are traded in U.S. dollars. Yes. And one of the primary reasons that our uh, dollar is the world's reserve currency is that uh, is the use of, of uh, the U.S. dollar as the petrodollar, right? And if that ever changes, then, uh, boy, we could become Venezuela pretty quickly. Oh, we are on that pathway yeah. already. Yeah, and Venezuela for a while there was three million dollars of their dollars for a cup of coffee. I understand mm. re- recently it's gone to eight million. <laughs> and can you imagine trying to get that out of your your bank account? Uh, you know how how do you? Do- <laughs> right. Well, they have lots of wheelbarrows, is what they're using yeah. over there. It's, it's the one thing that's selling. Okay, so we're talking about the cost of living and inflation, and I, I just want to remind us all what things that are really happening. So we can all recognize the fact that the basic cost of living is going up. Taxes are going up. As an example, California is suffering the highest tax uh, fuel costs, gas gas, across the country. On July 1, they're raising the tax on it 10 cents. Yeah, yeah. So it's not getting any lower. It's getting higher. Interest rates are going up. And what's the impact on interest rates? Well, it it causes your credit card rates are already pretty high, 24, 19, you know, just depends on your credit score. But businesses are paying higher interest rates and, and they're paying higher fuel costs and they're paying cost of their businesses going higher. So it keeps just cycling right back at us. And our dollars are buying less, and that's what inflation means. The cost of housing is going up. Everybody's food prices are going up. There's food shortages. Just go down to the grocery store. And, of course, they like to blame it on Russia. They like to blame it on the supply chain, which supply chain is being choked. But if we think about what we were like just two years ago, relevant to fuel costs, we were energy independent. And we were a net exporter, not an importer. And yet Biden is saying, let's cut off our own ability to create fuel and let's buy it from Venezuela or Russia or Iran or Saudi Arabia. He's literally begging them to produce more oil. And 
So the question is, we all know there's a lot of disasters that are going on just in the last two years. And so I'm asking everybody in, in the audience and us as well is, you know, why did we vote for this or did we? Or did we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's one thing that happened in Venezuela. Um, the uh, uh, Hugo Chavez was so unpopular that um, they got a petition together to recall him. Mm-hmm. And he was in the dumps in, in the polls. He was down under 40%. Yeah. He was going to lose. But that's when they brought in the uh, the uh, modern voting machines to the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And even the exit polls show he was going to lose in the 30s or 40s, you know. Mm-hmm. But he won by over 60%. Because yeah, who counts be? the votes wins. Yeah. And he knows that. In fact, socialists know that. They know that if they start taking part the economy, it will it'll tank. And if it tanks, they lose elections. Right. So they got to find a way not to lose elections and still tank the economy because that's how you get socialists. You got to tank the tank the, uh, the marketplace. Yeah, you have to get people to believe that capitalism failed. Yes, and that's why I could never understand years ago after this big election why nobody wanted to vote anymore in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of the parties said don't vote it's a waste of time yeah and they knew it right well i think people here in in the state of california have this same approach and we saw just a primary just a couple of days ago where the i read that the percentage of republicans i'm a democrat by the way everybody out there uh only 20 percent of the republicans voted in the primary did you hear that number no i haven't heard i haven't seen it isn't that incredible Mm -hmm. and yet there isn't a person in the state of California, with the exception of the five percent of the kooks, or you know the people that believe in it, that really seriously believe that we're doing okay here in California yeah. and that we're going right direction. Well, the echo chamber. I mean, I run across these people and they just don't know anything. You know, if you're listening to CNN and MSNBC and all this stuff, they're just bold-faced lying. I mean, right. I can't. I, I mean, I just. I'm sitting there saying, "Well, I practically falling off my chair because mm-hmm. I do a lot of research, and yeah. you know, you know that it's not true, right? You know, but they believe it, right? Yeah, and they even go as far as saying that inflation is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reporters, as you mentioned, uh, and the mainstream are more than willing, without any investigation to believe whatever Mm -hmm. the incumbents in power have to say about anything. Here's a perfect example. In the Monterey County Weekly, there was a recap story about the election. I was reading yesterday's paper, and there there was a recall for a school board seat. Now, the woman who was recalled, she won, and she was complaining about the fact that we wasted $320,000 on this special election. Okay. It wasn't a special election, Edward. It was part of the primary. Mm-hmm. And I was part of the group of parents that led the recall campaign. I signed on to that back in January. And when we had our petition certified, we had a meeting with the superintendent of education for the Monterey County Office of Education. Mm-hmm. And we said, so... Since this is going to be in the June election, is it going to cost the MCOE anything? And she said, no, because they have to put me on the ballot. My seat is up for re-election, so we already have to pay the money. Mm -hmm. No reporter has reported that information to the public. 
But anytime someone says, oh, they made us waste $320,000 of MCOE's money on this special election, every reporter runs with it and prints it. Mm. And the people believe that. Yeah, they believe it. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, Goobles would be just laughing his head off right now. Yes. Like, look, look at this. They're doing better than I am. <laughs> Okay, I want to remind people about some of the change in prices. So in January 2020, a gallon of gas cost $2.50. This morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, I was uh, making a run, and I went by a gas station, and the gas price was $7.37. Now, that is a two-year difference, but it, it doesn't seem anywhere close to... 8 or 18 percent now i know that when when we do the cpi and when we do create the the inflation rate we take that basket of items Mm -hmm. so but that's triple if you try to go buy a new car number one there's a lot fewer cars on the lots fewer models on the lots and that the prices of cars are being sold over sticker because there is less supply and more demand. Food, everybody can see it. I know that I'm now paying somewhere around $10 a pound for hamburger at Safeway. That seems pretty extreme considering it used to be under $3. Mm -hmm. Uh, Besides the fact that we have empty shells, the uh, inflation rate back in 2020 pre-Biden was 1.4% inflation. The um, numbers that we're hearing, you had mentioned earlier about the shadow inflation rate. Right. And there, there is a website for that. Do you, do you remember what, because I want people to be able to go out and verify the information we're giving them. Well, I, I got that from, uh, from a news source. Um, 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 I don't remember which one it was. It, you know, there's I, watch, actually, I watch a lot of stuff. <laughs> there, there's actually a website out there called Shadow. Shadow, okay. Yeah. And, and so you can go out there and, and Google Shadow Inflation Rate, and you'll find that website. And it, it tackles with graphs and makes it very visible for you to be able to understand what actually is going on. Now, there's another area that seems to be inconsistent to me. And we know that back in the 80s and 90s, they changed the premise on how they report unemployment. Mm-hmm. And, and in essence, what they do is they cut off a large portion of the population of unemployed because they determine on their own, the government does, that they're disenfranchised from wanting to get a job. They're still unemployed. Mm-hmm. And probably, you know, they say that they're stressed and, you know, they're just despondent about the opportunity of finding school and there's a job. And there's many things that we could talk about in terms of that population, which would be poor education, right? Uh, convenience of welfare, access to government assistance, um, generation after generation of living under a welfare umbrella and so forth. But the facts are this. When, when you go down the main street or you go anywhere else, you see help wanted signs everywhere. And yet the unemployment rate as of just yesterday is going up. Why are people not taking jobs? Well, I think because they, uh, they don't have to. They could be living with their parents. They could be getting uh, uh, you know, money coming in from various government agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why work if you can, uh, you know, still have enough money to, to eat and uh, watch TV? Yeah. And 
regarding the the unemployment rate, yeah. what the media is not reporting any longer because the government isn't encouraging them to report it is called the U6 rate. Yeah. And the U6 rate is the rate that shows not only the people that are, say, recently unemployed, but the long-term unemployed. And that really gives you a better picture of, of what the level of unemployment in the country happens to be. Mm-hmm. So what's that right now? I'd have to look it up, but uh, I will find that for you and let Good. you know. It's and much, much higher. It's I much mean, higher, it's, yeah. It's much higher, and it's probably still somewhat off because the government doesn't really do a really good job of calculating these things or looking for the data. If there's data that that, that goes against what they th- think, mm-hmm. they just, you know, they just, you know, we're not going to use that part of it. Yeah. So let me drill down into what some of the real facts are behind this inflation rate, CPI, and so forth. So one of the areas that is part of the mix is they use a thing called consumer substitution and to, to give it a clear picture for you 20 years ago in the 80s they used whole milk they have converted that into powdered milk because powdered milk is obviously a lot cheaper, cheaper. but nobody drinks powdered milk but the government <laughs> is determined and because you know they have a huge stockpiles of powdered milk because they're underpinning, underpinning the dairy industry. So the dairy industry produces more milk than the consumers in the U.S. consume. And so the government buys it, and then the government converts it into powdered milk, and then they store it in big caves in some mountain. I don't know if people knew that. but Well, sometimes they give it away. My parents would go down to senior citizens and yeah. get a pound of butter. For free. Mm-hmm. This is uh, stuff that uh, they paid the farmer not to have milk, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and this is, you know, one way to do it. You'll give it, you know, you get it, you give it, you give it out free, and so it's not part of the economy, and it won't hurt prices, price supports, basically. Sure, right, exactly. I mean, there's, there's a lot in California, certain price support ones, where they'll take a tanker of, of, of milk and just um, open it up and let it fo- uh, uh, flow on the, on the ground, mm. because they got too much milk. And they need some way of getting rid of it, so they just waste it. Wow. Yeah, there's pictures of it. I remember it. I talk about my uh, chaology book mm-hmm. uh, because the price supports on milk. Yeah. yeah. So the U6 rate, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics right yes. now, is 10.38%. And that's probably underselling it a bit. But, oh, yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Because we know the government does that. Another issue, even with that number there, is the CPI, we've talked about the fact that they change the basket of items and the percentage of influence that a particular item has on the overall number. So, you know, food is really going up, but it's not a big portion of the inflation rate. Another part of the problem is the lagging data. So the data that they're reporting on is old data. So if they're looking at, if you're looking what we're living through right now is a week-to-week inflation experience. As an example, this week, earlier in the week, I compared my gas price to the week before at the same Shell gas station, and it went up a dollar. Right. It wow. went from 6.25 to 7.47, which it's now back to like 7.37, but it went up over a dollar in one week. And with the lagging numbers that they use, you know, the current CPI is based on stuff probably experienced two, three months ago. Another issue is and is that the data that they use is not publicly available, so no one can audit it. No. 
<laughs> Are you surprised? No, not at all. Well, maybe the price is going up high because, well, Russia needs more money for their war. I don't know if we're still uh, getting gas from Russia. Uh, a lot of times the oil market is, uh, is uh, you don't know where it comes from. All you know is maybe the grade or something. So it's easy that we could be actually, you know, giving money to, still giving money to, to, the, to Russia. Right. And uh, we are, you know, uh, Arab nations, uh, um, you know, a lot of these uh, oil companies are not, um, they don't have a particularly good type of government. No, and p- places like Iran and things like that are, are now feeding oil to us and we're buying it from the people who hate us and want to kill us. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, let's let's talk, give talk them about, money to attack us. <laughs> talk about yeah. slitting your own throat. <laughs> yeah. And the other, you know, the other problem we run into as far as with gasoline prices is the ability to refine mm-hmm. the crude. And we haven't built built a full-size new refinery in this country since 1978. So the infrastructure we have is over 50 years old. It Mm -hmm. breaks down frequently. And we don't have the capacity, the refining capacity, to match the demand. Mm. Yeah, and that's on purpose. Um, They they love to do it, the the oil industry, but, you know, the um, radical environmentalists, they just want to shut everything down. Mm -hmm. And we've seen lots of historical experiences with the negativity of the uh, environmentalists. And I'll give one silly story. It has nothing to do with inflation. So back in 1989, 90, or 91, the Napa Valley, right, Northern California, had this tremendous flood. And it literally, the water backed up in the middle of a, after a major rainstorm. And it backed up and it covered the entire valley all the way up to the tops of the vineyards. Because, you know, that's big wine country. Mm-hmm. So it turned out that the reason why they had this, the problem was not the storm, but because the environmentalists had prevented the Land Bureau people to clean out the riverbed. Oh, that happened to Carmel Valley River. That too. Our big uh, hundred-year storm. It wasn't so much the water, but they, the environmentalists didn't want them to clear, clear out the, uh, the Carmel Valley River. Yeah. yeah. So let's take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back. You're going to Freedom Fest, right? Largest gathering of free minds happening in Vegas. July 13th through 16th, join other Liberty folks for four days of fun. See the Global Financial Summit for Investing, Subversion Summit for Liberation through Innovation, Eureka Summit to Transform Your Small Business, Anthem Film Festival, Comedy Fest, John Cleese, and Fox Business's Kennedy. Visit FreedomFest.com. Use discount code BIZ50, B-I-Z-50, for 50 bucks off tickets. Claim your seat now at FreedomFest.com. Is your job going nowhere? Could life be better? Then take control of your career and invest in yourself. Alliance Career Training Schools is the place for real-life career training at low or no cost to you. Visit our schools at 333 Abbott Street. Call to register for classes today. Start your new career in accounting, IT, or general office. Get a job you love doing. Join the world of success. Call Alliance Career Training at 755-8200 or online at alliancetrains.com. Okay, and now we're back. Thank you very much. And you're listening to Business Sense Radio. And we've been talking about inflation and just some of the core factors that are impacting that. Now, the feds, they must have tools to mediate, mitigate, and fight inflation. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, come on. The government is full of experts, super <laughs> economic experts. <laughs> so wh- what, do they, what do they tell us that they use to fight inflation? Uh, I wish I knew. I mean, yeah. Biden keeps saying, oh, I, I have this under control. We're doing everything we can, but he won't explain what he's doing to yeah. fight inflation. They, they have a tiger by the tail. Yeah. Well, it's transitory. I mean, you know, it's only going to last oh, a short last a little time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. So they actually do use interest rates to cool down the economy. Right. All right. And and now how many years, uh, off the top of my head, they we've been running at nearly zero. Yeah, zero to the banks. To the banks. And then, you know, the banks charge you and me 24%. So there's, there's a good gap there in between. But what they do is they raise interest rates. Now, if you go back to our famous Jimmy Carter era, where we saw even the government numbers reporting the highest inflation that we had experienced in modern time, right? Yeah. And then they ran the interest rates up with the intention of cooling the economy and bringing everybody kind of down into a new foundation to, to, to build on. So they are building interest rates right now. Do you think that's going to work? Uh, it may slow down a little bit, but yeah. then people can't borrow, and then you're in a recession. Correct. That's the other problem. That's the other problem. They know it. They're between a, uh, <laughs> uh, what, a rock and a hard place. Right. Uh, um, and we had one quarter of, what, 1.4 negative growth. Yeah. One more quarter, and they were officially That's a re- recession. recession, right. Yes, and uh, we might even get back to stagflation. Mm-hmm. So what's stagflation? Uh, what is it? When you have inflation and your economy is, is stagnant. Right. Yeah. And Edward, if you if you think about how those high interest rates in a very real world way, mm-hmm. how they um, hurt the economy and hurt economic growth. Back in the 70s, as you mentioned, when we had double digit interest rates, a friend of mine owned a property in New Monterey and there was a gas station on it. Now, today, a gas station, I guess, is a pretty good business, but back then, it was kind of a marginal use of the property. Mm -hmm. He had plans to build a two-story office building there. So think about, there would have been a store on the bottom and offices up above. How many more people would have worked at that one place and what that would have meant uh, for the local economy, more jobs and so Mm -hmm. forth? Mm -hmm. But when he looked at what the interest rates were to borrow the money to build that that facility he couldn't afford to do it right and he walked away from it and sold the property and it still is a gas station today hmm. so that's a very real example of how the high interest rates will throttle economic expansion and growth right, right. and i probably want to mention this as well is who is impacted most in terms of stratuses of our economy people's level of wealth or lack of that are impacted by inflation and high interest rates. Is it the elites? No, no. It's always the poor people, yeah. and a, and you know, and that's what's different about this country because you could come here really poor, and mm-hmm. a lot of these titans of business back in the eighteen hundreds, they came to America with like twenty bucks in their pocket, yeah, like Carnegie, and creates creates a business. Mm-hmm. You want to have people at the at the low level be able to build up, right? 
And if you have all these taxes and regulations, you can't do it. Only elites. This mm-hmm. is why the elites just love this kind of economy yeah. mm-hmm. because it keeps the the riffraff out of out of their out of their <laughs> eyesight. I guess. I yeah. guess. Or, or, or you know. So no, no. The idea is everyone gets equal chance, equal ability to build the kind of life he wants to have. Right. right. But when you have all these controls, you just can't do it. That's why people came to America because their governments were really really horrible, right. and you couldn't do anything. The elites controlled everything. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in Europe, a lot of places where there could only be like two bakeries in town, you know, like a smaller town, sure, right. and they have to be the people who originally did them. Mm-hmm. So a new person comes in, wants to, they won't give them a permit. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and Europe is very much like that. Well, when I lived in Paris, that's the way it was operated. Yeah, you know, seriously, in terms of literally, you know, I bought a flat there. And, and the only reason why I was able to buy a flat is because an old family that had been there forever and ever and ever just ran out of family members. <laughs> and I was I was friends with, it turned out I was a f- sort of a friend with one of the r- last remaining, and he had already had another flat. So otherwise, it would have just stayed in, in the family. It's kind of like rent control, mm-hmm. but, but ownership control. When you talk about substitution purchasing... Yes. inflation causes so take the example of you know everybody drops down a level or two so mm-hmm. maybe the person who was buying their groceries at the boutique market now switches to the major chain grocery store yeah. but the person at the major chain grocery store maybe edward king instead of buying a really nice brand of something you start looking for the store brand mm-hmm. and then the person who buys the store brand they start shopping at a place like the grocery outlet and right. the people that can no longer afford to shop at the grocery outlet, they start sh- buying their groceries at the dollar store, at the Dollar Tree. But what about the people who can't afford any of those places but the Dollar Tree to buy their groceries, and now they can't even afford to buy groceries? They're going to live on far fewer calories a day. And, and they're this, going to the food bank. And cheap yeah. food, too. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, right. sugar, sugar food versus, you know, some yeah, protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, protein. This is one of the other things that, that we haven't really gotten into, but this is another one of the externalities of poor government government fiscal policy and monetary policy is the impact that it has on people at the bottom of the ladder. Mm. And you start talking about, as Lawrence said, buying poor quality food, and then you get down to a lower caloric intake, which isn't good for their health as well. Yeah. And, and bad calories is what they're eating as well. Yeah, so, that, so then you, you become more and more like a third world country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you, if you go onto Union Square in San Francisco, and I'm not even talking the Tenderloin, it looks like a third world country. Yes, yes. And that was Union Square, right. and that used to be the premier place to go shopping. Right. The Nordstrom's, Neiman yeah. Marcus, Macy's. Yeah, I love to go to, down to San Francisco, but then mm-hmm. you just start noticing panhandlers, and mm-hmm. then they were living in the doorways, and then they had tents, and then they poop all over the place. Yeah. You know, they actually have an app showing where they all are. Yeah. I have a friend <laughs> who lives there and said, is it really an app to show where there's all these human feces? Yeah, here it is. Oh, my God, it looked like 100, 100, 200,000 of them, you know? You can zoom in, you know? You know of course, you know, be, it's an obstacle course. Obstacle course. Well, to, to be uh, um, uh, clear about this, that I assume more most people will put it where it's there and yeah. then forget to take it off. <laughs> yeah, right. So well, there's probably more than what they're. You know, I don't think anybody's picking it up. So you know, eventually it dries up and becomes reorganic. I guess. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a minute break for our sponsors, and then we are going to talk about the Biden disinformation governance board. 
board. We'll be right back. You're going to Freedom Fest, right? Largest gathering of free minds happening in Vegas. July 13th through 16th, join other Liberty folks for four days of fun. See the Global Financial Summit for Investing, Subversion Summit for Liberation through Innovation, Eureka Summit to Transform Your Small Business, Anthem Film Festival, Comedy Fest, John Cleese, and Fox Business's Kennedy. Visit FreedomFest.com. Use discount code BIZ50, B-I-Z-50, for 50 bucks off tickets. Claim your seat now at FreedomFest.com. Is your job going nowhere? Could life be better? Then take control of your career and invest in yourself. Alliance Career Training Schools is the place for real-life career training at low or no cost to you. Visit our schools at 333 Abbott Street. Call to register for classes today. Start your new career in accounting, IT, or general office. Get a job you love doing. Join the world of success. Call Alliance Career Training at 755-8200 or online at alliancetrains.com. Hello, I'm Ben Vereen. You probably know me for my singing, acting, and dancing on Broadway, television, and the big screen, but what you may not know about me is that I'm one of the 26 million Americans living with diabetes. My doctor diagnosed me four years ago. But now, with my blood sugar levels under control, I've been blessed to continue to do what I love to do, perform, and not let this disease, type 2 diabetes, hold me back. In fact, I've taken a stand for my diabetes. And I'm asking those of you with diabetes and those who love them to take this stand with me. Talk to your doctor today and visit StandForDiabetes.org to learn more. That's StandForDiabetes.org. A public service of taking control of your diabetes made possible with support from Santa Fe U.S. Remember, if you have diabetes, it doesn't have to hold you back. And we're back, and thank you for listening to Business Sense Radio. And so I had mentioned right before the break we were going to talk about the disinformation governance board that Biden has created. And maybe you've heard about it, maybe you haven't, but let's kind of dig into the realities behind it. And so in essence, I think there's been a a fun term that people pulled from the book 1984. What was that? Ministry of Truth. Ministry of Truth. Where they lie. (laughs) <laughs> cover up their lies. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, the reason why I bring up the book is because I don't think enough people have recognized, they might have read it in high school. I don't think it's required reading anymore. I don't think reading is required no, for high school not. anymore. But the reality was, all the way back there, George Orwell wrote this stuff as a speculation, fantasy, this will never happen. And a warning. And it was a warning, and the reality is, so I want to dig into that. And you had shared with me an article that uh, was, a dig out information by those two senators, uh, Josh Haley from Missouri and Charles Grassley of Iowa, who was these documents, which were uh, Biden's administration's actual internal men- memos, memos yeah. about their intention of the governance board. So, Mark, I know you know a little bit about the board. Tell us what the board says they're going to do. And then I want you, Lawrence, to tell us what it is going to do. So what they told the public the board would do is this board exists to ferret out misinformation and disinformation by bad foreign actors, whether they be individual or state. 
Russia, China, Iran, what have you, North Korea. And people go, oh, yeah, we want our government to protect us from that. But the reality is... Yeah, they found the memo and and, uh, released yesterday. It's going to be on people who have trouble with vaccines and masks and, uh, uh, you know, for domestic people. It's a domestic spying program. It's a domestic spy program. They even said they're going to go to Twitter and big media and work with them and try to find these people and try to, you know, do something about it. Yeah, yeah. And so what we did is we just put a recap of what it says. But so the first thing that we're going to mention is that the Biden administration sold it to the American public by what Mark was sharing is that we are going to target disinformation by national origin, external, right? It's kind of like the CIA is not supposed to be in the country. country. It's only allowed to be outside of the country. But what happens was when they, we've discovered these memos, it turned out not to be by nation of origin. It turned out to be disinformation by topic. Yes. So what that means is is here are the topics that the Biden administration and specifically are concerned about. So I'm going to just run down through the list. So conspiracy theories about the validity and security of our elections. Well, I think it's been well proven, and I, I wish everybody in America would watch that 2,000 mules thing that is a one hour and a half film. And well, as well, just look at the facts, and I'm not saying tr- the Trumpism thing. What I'm talking about is every local election, every state election, you see outcomes that make no sense people are winning locally that never even needed to get out on there and um you know sell their bills you know talk about themselves or whatever they do right so that was one of them i think we all believe and i'm you can tell by the number of people are voting we have no faith in elections so there's a problem disinformation related to the origins and the effects of covid19 it's vaccines and the efficiency or efficacy of mask because i think all of that scientifically if you're not listening to their science is questionable yes yeah i think it's been proven it came from wuhan and yet they denied it for 18 months and then they just basically stopped talking about it right right the falsehoods surrounding the u.s government immigration policy the falsehoods you don't have to question their policies are people are hordes coming across you just watch the news and see the the, the, the thousand ten thousand people marching to the border right. and and you think that the news is completely showing us everything no right other things that this is what really surprised me is so-called false information about drinking water and false information about fema the federal emergency management agency about shelters and so if you look at the what they're trying to target all of them is a bad exposure for the government it has nothing to do with you and me being exposed and oh my gosh this is really going to impact my life this is all about the government protecting the government right yeah. Am I wrong in any step nope, of that? Nope. And, and no. corrupt governments always devolve that way into that. And you'd earlier in the program, you talked about the lack of, of participation by, say, Republicans at the polls. Yeah. Well, overall in this, uh, I know in Monterey County, in the primary election, the voter turnout was a little over 30%, which is pretty the high end in the state. But one of the things that I've been tracking for a number of years, Edward, if you really want to see the disengagement and disenchantment of voters is look the difference in the numbers of votes cast between people running for office, you know, when voters go to the polls, and the measures on the ballot. And what you see 
is ballot measures always have a much higher participation rate. People still believe in their ability to vote yes or no on Measure G or Proposition 10 or what have you compared to individuals running for office. There's oftentimes a big gap between, say, the number of votes cast for governor and the number of people who voted on whatever the hottest um, uh, proposition was on the ballot. They should track side by side. You would think so. You would think that they would track side by side, but you're seeing these huge gaps. And that's, to me, is so much of the voting public saying, these people are all criminals and I'm not going to vote for any of them. But I I still believe that my vote can count on this proposition. Mm. That's very interesting because it's saying basically don't trust Republicans or Democrats, basically, is what they're saying. I don't think we do. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's politics for you. I mean, you know, uh, we become like Red China. Almost everything the government says is not true. Mm -hmm. I mean, just go in that, uh, you know, that preposition, uh, you know, in, in the beginning. They have to prove to me that that you're true. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's false. Mm-hmm. Just say it's always false until I can study it and and see. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, look at some of the stuff there at China. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you could just see. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and that's politics. Right. So never believe the government. Basically, just just you know, uh, do your research uh, if if it if it involves you and find out what's really going on. Everything is far more complicated than than they say. You know, complexity science, which I do in my chaos book. Yeah. Things are so complex, it's really difficult to tr- to understand them. And that's why I try to make it very simple to mm-hmm. understand complex issues, mm-hmm. or at least how to study them mm-hmm. and figure it out. It's also the reason why we have this radio show. I mean, it gives yes. us an opportunity to bring to light what is just a, a myriad of smoke and mirrors out in the regular media and the regular public, because people are impacted by everything we talk about. That's why you can't have a ministry of truth. You want people to have all different types of opinions. Right. You know, because you might take a little bit from one, a little bit from the other, a little bit from the other, but if you have this cancel culture here where you just can't go on on TV or you can't say that, now you're you're, you're now you're moving toward like a, a one-party state. Again, now we're back to Europe in the 30s. And well, 20. we are a one-party state here in California. <laughs> well, in I California mean, we yeah, are. Yeah. But it's becoming a national situation well, as they're well. Well, tr- they're trying, you know. I mean, you know, they, they have their, their motives and uh, it's all, you know, kind of Machiavellian. You right. know, it's uh, you know um, they can say anything they want because they have supposedly noble ideas. Of course, and they work too. Don't forget that that, that <laughs> everything that they, all their <laughs> ideas hide work really that well. Fact. <laughs> yeah. Now you had brought up something that I think I don't want to gloss over, and that, and that is in these documents it was revealed that the Department of Homeland Security hoped to and had intended on creating a public-private partnership with Twitter, and along with the YouTubes and all of those other things that they've already been doing, they're like getting on the horse of Twitter so that they can target this disinformation about the things that make the government look bad. And where, you know, what, what that brought to mind was the timing of Elon Musk stepping in and wanting to buy Twitter. Yes, and if he is successful in purchasing Twitter, that could throw a wrench into those plans. Who knows, maybe he might work with DHS, you know, with Mayorkas and what they want to do, or maybe he'd be a lot tougher to work with, whereas they know that, say, Jack Dorsey and the crew at Twitter are all in mm-hmm. with them on that. So don't be surprised if between now and December when that sale is supposed to close, if uh, things don't come up that might cause problems for Mr. Musk and cause him to walk away from it. There seems to be a lot of fake accounts, a lot of Biden bots, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I say, what's a Biden bot? But 
Mm-hmm. No, I, no. The Bidens tell us that it's the Russians. Oh, yes. It's always the Russians. <laughs> and the, and Russians. the reason why gas is so expensive is because of Putin. And the reason why there's no food is because of Putin. Yes. At least that's the no food Well, you got to blame somebody. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Is, is a Biden bought, is that shorthand for Biden bought and paid for? <laughs> <laughs> well, it has BBB like Bill Back Better. So, yeah, Bill I mean, there's better. plenty. Bill Back Better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Use the bees. So, not only are they wanting to join with Twitter, but they also have said, this is Mayorkas, who is uh, the head of DHS. He wants to give them the tools, additional authority meaning, you know, look the other way type of the impact of where Twitter can actually go in and even expand on the on the amount of cutting people out and and cutting out information and wide swipes. Now, do you think social media in this particular world that we live in right now is a, a form of freedom? Yeah, be able to get get your information. Should out. be, should be, yeah. right. it should be. I mean, I had my uh, Facebook page for killing history uh, depublicized. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they took it all, everything off, you know, and uh, which is really odd because months later, it come back and says you haven't been on your killing history Facebook page. I was saying to myself, but I don't have one, so I click on it, and there it is. Everything's taken off it. All it just says killing history, and there's no picture there. There's nothing in it, so I started to fill it back. In yeah, and and you know, but I can't boost. I can't advertise. And then recently, they did something to take away all my followers. But now I can boost, but I have no followers. I took mm-hmm. everybody off of it. <laughs> my my content's there, but nobody can see. <laughs> well, that's freedom of, of yeah, you know, press. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right, and and I thought that it was interesting, you know, in regards to even a misunderstanding that I had about the the freedom of speech. And it turns out that the freedom of speech in the Constitution is only directed at about the freedom of speech with the government. And government shall not infringe. Right. And nothing about private industry. But nothing about private industry. Now, there's been pushback in the area of social media. And, you know, in essence, what people have tried to do is create alternative channels to offset the loss. So they have Gutter now. They have, I don't know, the Truth Network. They, they have new news channels that are coming out. Uh, social uh, media ones. I have used some of them, like yeah. Gra- uh, G- Gab, is it, or yeah. something like Getter. that. Mm-hmm. And a couple other ones, but a number of them, I can't get my credit card to them to do advertising because they've been kicked off their credit card. I can't use a bank. Mm-hmm. Only thing I can use is crypto. Isn't that a form of the government yes, manipulating us? Yes. Because the reality about the banks is the banks and the feds are the same, one and the same. Right. You know, demonetizing the platforms is yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, right. that's what they're doing. A lot of these companies, they you know, they say, oh, the, the government's um, the um, the government's not censoring you, but actually they are because the government comes to these businesses and tell them that if you don't do this, we're going to hurt you in the next legislative session. We're going to tax you more. You yeah. won't get a subsidy. Won't get a won't get a grant. Won't do this. That I've talked to people from Howard Jarvis. You know, they were wondering why do these companies give so much money for a pro tax measure, and the companies came back and said, don't use our names, but we have to, or they'll hurt us. Mm. This is like Mussolini, fascism type thing. You know, we'll break your back, we'll shoot you. I mean, yeah, cut, yeah, cut, cut you off. 
Yeah, cut so, us so, off, so actually. So these companies are uh, being, a lot, a lot of them probably are being threatened yeah. by the government. Well, so. you know, guys, this has been a great show today. I'm so sorry that our coffee hour is, is up, and um, I hope to have you both back again. I'm, I'm hoping that everybody in the audience enjoyed us, and we look forward to speaking with you again a week from today. Thank you, Edward. Thank you. And thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Business Sense Radio with your host, Edward King. We invite you to join us again next week at this very same time on this radio station for more of Business Sense Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management.